0: This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.Muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir rahim in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, most gracious, most merciful. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. All praise is indeed due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Creator, nourisher, cherisher, sustainer, provider, protector, curer, the one in absolute control of every aspect of existence. Complete blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu his entire household, all his companions. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless them all. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless every single one of us and grant us all goodness and ease, Ameen. My brothers and sisters, you will have to concentrate a little bit in order to listen very carefully because we are in this beautiful Ram John stadium in Trinidad, mashallah. And I notice I have substitutes on my left, and my right. So if something goes wrong, someone else will take over inshallah. MashaAllah. Oh there, he's put his hand up. Alhamdulillah, it's a beautiful setup. The weather's quite nice. Alhamdulillah, we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for it. I want to start by asking you a question. And each one of you should answer this question within yourselves. How many Islamic reminders have you heard in your life? I don't know. That's the answer, isn't it? How many Islamic reminders have you heard in your life? Whether it's a book you've read or a CD you've heard or a radio program or a television program or something on the internet, perhaps on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, whatever it is, anywhere. How many reminders have you had? Someone tell you what to do and what not to do. The answer is countless. I don't know. I have lost count. Well, how many more would you like before you transform, before you change yourself, before you become closer to Allah, before you start cutting your bad habits, and before you begin to fulfill your salah, before you begin to start dressing appropriately, before you begin to start correcting the way you speak and the way you address others, how many more reminders would you like? Can you put a number to these reminders? The answer is no. We cannot put a number to the reminders. In fact, we should be ashamed of ourselves if we've been told so many times that we've lost count what to do and what not to do, and we're still doing the wrong thing. Subhanallah. We should be ashamed of ourselves. And this is why you have heard the last two years lectures within what is known as the revival of the ummah conferences some of the best speakers internationally who speak in your language subhanallah have come to you to remind you everyone's reminder was directed towards one thing get close to allah get out of the trap of shaitan get closer to your maker you are going to return to him very very soon just like your friends and relatives have, have returned to Him. And so, get closer to Allah. So you've had the finest from the globe come to you and tell you to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And at the same time... I don't need the water, shed. It's okay. At the same time, we are still the same people we are. Have we changed? If we haven't changed, then something is wrong. Because then it's a waste of time coming to a talk... Telling yourself, wow, it was a good talk, it was something great and grand, but our lives have not moved an inch, not even a centimeter, not even a millimeter, nothing. So what's the point? Why should we be from amongst those who just enjoy listening to a good talk and we don't bat an eyelid, we don't even change, we're not transformed in any way. What is wrong? Well, I can tell you what is wrong. Point number one. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wa sallam speaks of a certain piece of flesh in the body Ala wa inna fil jasad lamudghah idha salahat salaha aljasadu kulluhu wa idha fasadat fasada aljasadu kulluhu ala wa hiya alqalb In the hadith of Nu'man ibn Bashir radiyallahu anhu in sahih Muslim the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wa sallam is reported to have spoken about halal and haram and towards the end of the hadith he says Indeed, behold, in the body, there is a certain piece of flesh. If it is pure and good, then the entire body will be pure and good. And if it is bad and corrupt, then the entire body will be bad and corrupt. Indeed, behold, that piece of flesh is the heart. The heart has no bone, subhanallah. It pumps the blood. It is the seat of governance of the entire body, the heart. If there is a disease within you, you have to have a blood test. And then you will tell what is in your blood and what is wrong with you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. So, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa tells us if this heart is good and if it is correct, then the entire body will be good and correct. And if the heart is corrupt, everything will be corrupt. Sometimes people have a bad heart, so they have bad thoughts and ideas. Everything they see, they relate it to something bad and evil. And sometimes some people are so innocent, they have such good hearts, that even when they see evil in front of them, they have a good thought to say, no, no, perhaps this is something decent. You know, like we say, sometimes we are so good, that when the robber comes to steal, we actually give away our goods. And we think that it's someone who's just come to hold our goods for a little while. You know, I recall a maid who worked for us. She fell for a scam once. After she had her salary at the end of the year, uh, she went with the salary to one of the markets, to the city center. And there was a scam at the time where where the shops, you know, you have window shopping. A lot of us are professional window shoppers, which means we don't actually buy, but we enjoy looking, mashallah. So... You have the window shopping and there were some shoes being sold and she was looking from the window. So a man appears with a dust coat and says, Can I help you, ma'am? She says, What do you mean? So the man says, and this is a true story. The man says, I work in the shop. Whatever you see in this window, I can get it for you at a 10% discount. So she says, Okay, I want those shoes. And she gave her size and she gave him the money. And the man disappeared completely, never to be seen again, subhanallah. So if we take a look at this, we would actually realize some people's hearts are so clean, so good, that they give the robber the money with their own hands and they say, take it. And they know that this man is outside of the shop, for example. And they know, subhanallah, that this man has met me outside the door, I'm giving him money, I've got no guarantee, I'm going to get my things. But that's the heart. Your heart was clean and his heart was so dirty that he robbed unsuspecting people and he took their money away. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us through the blessed lips of Muhammad sallallahu to have good intentions. When you have sincerity of the heart, Immediately, these talks that you hear will impact upon your life and your life will change and it will not just change one day but it will continue changing and you will continue getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until the day you meet Him. Because if I can say that okay, I heard a certain lecture, lecturing and I heard a certain reminder and I heard certain verses of the Qur'an being recited and it changed me and I changed my life. That's not good enough. Subhanallah. Why is it not good enough? Don't use the past tense and say it changed my life. But say it started a change in my life that will continue to the day I die. That's what it is. Because if for example you cry tears of repentance and you asked Allah's forgiveness and you started reading your five salah a day and you think that that's Islam then there are so many criminals who read five salah a day. What about them? When I say that, what I mean is there are people who read five salah a day and think that that is the only thing Islam asks you for. And then they beat up their wives or maybe they beat up their husbands. Allah knows best. And at the same time, they are rough with their mouths. They cheat and deceive. They rob. And they might be doing so many other bad things. So that shows us that repentance is not just connected to one thing. Transformation is a lifelong commitment that you need to make unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when I cry tears of repentance and I say, Oh Allah, forgive me, grant me a new beginning. It's not like everything is going to become so peaceful overnight. You might achieve peace in your heart. But you will have to work so hard to achieve peace in your life. Because to become a true believer, a great effort is required. Allah will test you a hasiban ayutraku ayakulu amana ayakulu amana wa humla yufta. Do the people think that it is enough for them to say that I believe and then they are not tested? To say we believe. And then they are not tested by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says, indeed, we have tested those before you. And we will test you as well. This is Allah's plan. This is Allah's system. So Allah says, when you become a mu'min, when you repent to Allah, when you become closer to Allah, guess what will happen? He will test you even more because you've entered the examination room. Subhanallah. In Allah إِذَا أَحَبَّ عَبْدًا The hadith says, when Allah loves His worshipper, He tests him or her much more. That's when He tests him. That's when He tests her. I declared I'm a believer. So Allah says, okay, so that means you've entered the exam room. Now let's test you. So you're going to struggle because you're going to suffer financial loss. What do you do? Does it strengthen your faith or does it weaken it? You're going to struggle because certain things will not happen the way you want it. What do you do? How will you react to it? Subhanallah. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's way. This is Allah's plan. When you're not in the exam room, you may enjoy life. Take a look at the disbelievers. Allah says, Don't let the fact that the disbelievers are enjoying their life deceive you. Allah says, that those are just provisions for a short period of time after which they will get what they deserve. They haven't entered the exam room. What's the point of asking me all the O-level questions when I haven't even paid my fee for the examination and I haven't even entered the room? But when I've entered the room, I expect a lot of questions and tough ones. And you need to enjoy the hard questions, the difficult ones, because those are the questions that separate the horses from the donkeys. Subhanallah. Not to say any, any one of us are donkeys, but at the same time, none of us are horses either. Allahu Akbar. It's just an example. How would you like it if all the questions of your O and A level examinations were so simple that everyone got A+, plus, A-star? It would be worthless, pointless. What was the point of me working so hard? We all got A stars. The one who didn't work and the one who struggled all night and every day got the same results. So Allah says the same applies. We will test all of you to see who from amongst you endures and who does not. Am hasibtum antadkululul jannah. يَعْلَمِ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا مِنْكُمْ وَيَعْلَمَ الصَّابِرِينَ Do you think you're simply just going to enter paradise? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, We have not yet tested you. Who from amongst you is ready to struggle? Who from amongst you is patient, can endure? Subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us droplets of mercy. Amen. Alhamdulillah. Transformation comes when we feel that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy is descending upon us and He wants us to change and it is a huge effort. Do you know now that we feel a slight drizzle, let me give you an example, a beautiful example. And that is when you want to plant any plantation, the first thing you need to do is clear the land. So if you have mountains, and if you have rocky land, and if you have huge trees, you need to uproot the trees, you need to remove the boulders and the stones and the rocks, and you need to flatten the land and perhaps moisten it, and soften it with some water, and thereafter make it such that it is now ready to cultivate. So the effort required is so great, It is not just a simple matter. Don't expect today to be a day when my life has changed and that's it. I don't need to worry anymore. Yes, your life will change and it must change and it has to change. But it's only the beginning of the change. That's what it is. Now, what you need to do is remove those trees that will disturb the growth of the plantation that you'd like to plant. What are those trees? Those are the trees that have sin in them. For example, The boulders, the rocks need to be removed. They require a great effort. And if you're lazy, guess what happens? Plantation begins to grow around those rocks and spoil. Or should I say the plantation is then spoilt. But if you make an effort, subhanallah, you will find Allah will open your doors. The day the seeds are sown, then another effort is required. What is that effort? That effort is... For you to look after and nurture the seedlings. The most difficult stage is when it is at seedling stage. Your cultivation. Any little change in weather, some extreme change or lack of water will kill your seedling. Perhaps you won't have the crop that you desire. The same applies now that I've made a firm intention to change. These are the days when I need to water my seedlings. I need to make sure laziness does not overtake me. I need to make sure I don't lose hope in the mercy of Allah. When the tests come in my direction, I need to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rise to the occasion as they say. You need to utter the praise of Allah upon all conditions and move further. Go beyond. This is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open your doors. If for example, you didn't have a job, you remained unemployed for a long time looking for a job. One day, you got a job. Mashallah! I looked for it. Someone's prayers are accepted. The effort I made, Allah allowed it to bear fruit and I found a job. And they come the first week and you say to your boss, Oh my boss, do you know what? Uh, I need leave. Why? My son has a cough. My son has a cough. You need to leave. You need to leave. Or you need leave off work. That's not good enough or you say you know my uncle's brother-in-law's sister-in-law's wife does a sister-in-law have a wife that's what i mean you want to create such a story that you start lying you make a blunder that catches you and you say oh well she died it's such a distant relative i need to go but you just started your work this week. What impression does that leave upon your boss? He's going to say, this person's not really serious. It's the seedling phase. Yes, if you've worked for five years without missing a day, then you come to your boss and say, you know what, I need a day off. Even if you don't explain why, the boss will say, you can have two days off. Sorry, he might not say that, but I hope he does. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us good bosses. Any one of us who happens to have employed people, remember... It's just a phase. It's just a test. It doesn't mean you're greater than them just because you pay them a salary. No. Perhaps in the eyes of Allah, they may be greater than you. And who knows? Maybe your paradise might come through their dua or through some relation that you've had with them. Perhaps they might have worked on you. How many of us have people working for us, who've spoken to us in such a beautiful way, reminded us of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in such a way that our lives have changed, yet in this world we were actually the ones who paid them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us unique. May He make us from those who can help one another, whether we're employed or the employee. So in the early stages when you've just repented, You need to be sincere in that repentance. Say, oh Allah, I don't want to go back to the adultery I've been committing. I don't want to go back to the gambling that I've been engaging in. I don't want to go back to the drugs and to the bottle that I've been having. Oh Allah, help me so that I don't go back. And then you need to change your company. That company that drove you to the evil, you need to take it out. You need to get rid of it. Or you need to transform it with you. Those from amongst them who've transformed with you, they will be of help to you. And those who haven't will be to your detriment. You need to change your company. If you've repented and you say, Oh Allah, forgive me for all the salah I've missed and you're still in the company of those who don't read Salah, what do you expect? It will just last a day, and that's it. And after a day, you say, we felt good, so we all read Salatul Maghrib, Salatul Isha, Mashallah, beautiful stadium here, something historic, I would say, something really great, what a nice feeling, but is this the only Salah you've read in a long time? Or, you say, I'm transformed, O Allah, never gonna miss a Salah again. And then when you have to set your clock for Salatul Fajr, You say, it's okay, if I wake up, I wake up. If I don't, it's fine. Set the clock. Set the clock. And you know what? When the clock rings, snooze is not an option. (laughs) Like I've said before, if you snooze, you lose. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. A mu'min should never press snooze on his clock. No way. That is not an option for a believer. 5.30 or 5 o'clock? The alarm rings, you are up. That is transformation. You are up and you get up and wash your face with cold water, beautiful water. And you make sure that you can leave that alarm ringing because the rest of your home also needs to be up. Subhanallah. Ring it loud. Even if they get irritated. So what? It's a blessed irritation. Oh, if your elder brother smacks you, don't come and say there was a blessed smack. Allahu Akbar. May Allah not make us from amongst those. It might have been a blessed smack, alhamdulillah. Yes, it was in the right cause. MashaAllah, subhanAllah. My brothers and sisters, the point being raised is when you've turned to Allah, make an effort to maintain it and grow upon that. Today we hear a good talk. I want to ask you a question. How many of us seated here, and I want you to show me by raising your hands, how many of us seated here would like to become closer to Allah? Put up your hand. 100% of us, alhamdulillah. So how many of us are ready to change our lives for the sake of Allah? Put up your hand. There we are. Now let's put our hands down because here comes the tough question. How many of us are prepared to get up for Salatul Fajr tomorrow morning? Without fail, get up, put up your hand. Okay, I've got a talk here tomorrow. I'm going to ask you, how many of you got up for Salatul Fajr this morning? And then we'll have to show the hands. Masha'Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. Really, it's easy to say, I want to change, O Allah. But when shaitan starts massaging you at the wrong time, you know when he starts? Shaitan starts with you at night. And he tells you it's only a movie. There's only three hours remaining. Just watch it, it's fine. That's the beginning of the end of Salatul Fajr. That's what it is. Because he knows, you're going to sleep late, You're gonna sit with your friends, the corner of the street, the pavement, or sometimes the masjid, Salatul Isha. Have you seen people smoking? You know where? They go to the house of Allah. They go right to the house of Allah. They sit at the door of the house of Allah and they light up a cigarette. Allahu Akbar. You have a bad habit, please don't go to the house of Allah to prove that you have a bad habit. That bad habit needs to be something that's private between you and Allah. Don't be proud of the bad habit. So even if you do have the bad habit of smoking a cigarette, I think it's an insult to go to Allah's house and smoke there. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us all quit our bad habits. Ameen. I didn't hear loud enough Ameen. I think there are a lot of smokers here. Subhanallah. May Allah help us quit smoking. Ameen. Oh, that was a loud one. Mashallah. Wallahi, you need to say Ameen. You know there was a brother who fell in love so much with smoking that he asks, he says, You know what? Okay, if I give up smoking here, will I be able to smoke in Jannah? What a question. So I told him, brother, there's just one problem. To light the cigarette, you're going to need a fire. To get the fire, the fire is only found in Jahannam. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us. May Allah protect us. My brothers and sisters, you want to do something, don't you say, oh, I'm weak. You're not weak. You're not weak. You are strong, Allah has created you strong. You need to develop the willpower for the sake of Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us transform before we meet with Him. Take a look at what happened today in Nepal, in Kathmandu. May Allah make it easy for them. May Allah grant those who, who have been martyred in that earthquake, shahada. May Allah grant them a lofty rank in Jannah, those from amongst the ummah who lost their lives. Wallahi, it is so severe, so serious. That we need to take a lesson. Innocent lives, just like myself and yourselves, people who were seated just like we are here today, suddenly no more because an earthquake came in and swallowed them up. This happened earlier today. What do we say? <inaudible> For some strange reason, we still think that cannot happen to us, don't we? For some strange reason, people die, we still think, you know what, I know I'm going to die, but I don't think I'm going right now. Come on, you know. I'm still planning a sin. I still got 20 sins that I need to commit. Astaghfirullah. Who knows? Don't ever do that. This might be our last day, Wallahi, my brothers and sisters. It could be. Every prayer that you fulfill, the Prophet ﷺ says, fulfill it as though it's the last prayer that you're ever going to be fulfilling. And you know what's the secret behind that? One day it will be your last one. One day it will be your last one. My brothers and sisters, come on. We need to make an effort. Don't allow shaitan to keep you up for no reason. When the time of sleeping has come in, it's bedtime. You don't just get to bed because you're scared of your wife. No! You get to bed because you fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then you see your wife smiling, mashaAllah. Mashallah. I remember a brother telling me that if he doesn't get to bed early, there is a baton waiting for him. I told him, brother, if you were a good Muslim, you wouldn't even need the baton. You would be in bed before your spouse. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. May he open our doors. These are just some of the examples of how the world has changed, hasn't it? Subhanallah. So... We will make an effort, we will get up, we will make sure that we fulfill our salah come what may. If you've missed your prayer, say for example I asked Allah's forgiveness and I said, oh Allah, I don't want to miss a prayer from today. And something happened and I missed one. Immediately. an Remember the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, whoever has slept over a, a, a salah by error and whoever has forgotten it, read it as soon as you remember it. So, I slept over Salatul Fajr. And I got up and the sun had already risen. As soon as I get up, make my wudu, read my salah, and continue with the rest of my day. Read it as qada. It's definitely something that you've now done. So your record is still sitting at zero mist. From the time I sought forgiveness, zero missed Because I made up those that I missed. And do not be lazy. Laziness is such that when it comes to food and drink and nice things, we're not lazy. We can go to a mall and walk around window shopping with not a penny in our pockets all afternoon just to look nice. And just so that people can say, wow, that's all. People can do this. Do you know that? I've met a few people in a mall in a certain country. And I was there with my kids and we were trying to, you know, get to the kids area where there was a bit of entertainment for the little ones. And I met these people And they greeted me Oh Shaykh, mashallah, you know And I greeted them all Alhamdulillah, mashallah So they said, what are you doing here? I said, I've just come Why is there, is there something different that you can do? What are you guys doing? They said, no, we're just walking around oh, Walking around, okay Walking around here in the mall Okay, yeah, yeah, walking around in the mall uh, I've come with my children for my children to play My children want to see the kids area Do you know where's the kids area? No, I'm not sure Okay, but now, uh, you guys come from here, don't you? Yes, we do. You don't know where's the kids' area? Okay, there's an information counter here. You can ask there. Say, fine. So we went, we enjoyed ourselves. We came back, we saw the same people on our way out, walking around again. So I said, guys, you're still here? Yeah, we're walking around. I said, you're still walking around? It's a few hours later. Oh, we've been here since the morning. Doing what? No shopping, no bag, no, no, just walking around disturbing the opposite sex. That's what it is, nothing else. They just want you, you just want to show them I've got muscle and I've got this and I've got a scent. And that scent, they're not foolish. They know you've just walked into the perfume shops and tested all the perfumes. You don't actually own anything. Subhanallah. And so you're smelling so good until the next time you walk into the mall. That's it. You know when we go into the airport duty free and you find people going into the perfume area? Take a look at how many walk out with perfumes. Very few, subhanallah. The rest of them are just like me, mashallah. (laughs) May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. We need to be serious. You want to do something. A person is ready to walk all day through the mall and not prepared to read salah. Not prepared to... Face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a few minutes. Imagine if that's your last day. There are so many whom that has been their last day. You don't want that to happen. So fulfill your prayer. Worship Allah alone. Cleanse your heart. If you cleanse your heart, it becomes easier for you to be a good Muslim. Cleanse your heart. Learn to love others. Learn to look at those who have achieved more than you in terms of closeness to Allah. And don't look at those who've achieved more than you in terms of material living. We have a bad habit. Yesterday I asked a question for those who were at the dinner. What car they liked? And I think some of the people said, Range Rover. Didn't they? Can I tell you something? The reality is we look at people with beautiful cars, with lovely homes, with so much. And sometimes we say, when I grow up, I'd like to be like this. How many of us look at those who are close to Allah and say, I want to be like that now. Closeness to Allah has nothing to do with growing up. You got to do it now. I want to be like this now. I tell you, everyone who has something material, those who passed away from, among them, from amongst them, have left all that behind. Every single thing behind But those who did deeds for the sake of Allah Took all those deeds with them And went along So we say, wow, what a lucky man Does anyone say, what a lucky man He left behind 10 million dollars No one says that He wasn't lucky He left it behind for someone else He was so miserly That he spent nothing Nothing at all, he just amassed it And then he went away, leaving it all behind But when a person has done good deeds What a lucky sister She went for Umrah and guess what Allah took her away in Mecca, mashallah What a fortunate brother He went for Umrah, Allah took him away in Mecca Subhanallah What a fortunate sister She was reading salah She passed away in sujood, in prostration Subhanallah What are the chances of someone passing away in prostration? Well, I can tell you if you don't read Salah, the chances are nil. Because you don't read the Salah. And the, the more Salah you read a day, the chances are greater. And for someone to have passed away in sujood, it must be, meaning that that person read Salah even when they were feeling not well. Even when they were unwell, they were still reading their Salah. How many of us, for any little excuse, we won't read salah. We won't even read the Qur'an. How many of us have read the Qur'an with its meaning? Cover to cover. Put up your hand. Very few hands. Okay. I tell you what, if Allah gives us life, and this is a challenge, and I'm not joking, I will remember. I see the faces. MashaAllah. I'll point at you next time, inshallah. Next year, by the will of Allah, if Allah grants us the life, I want to come here and ask the question. Not because we want to show off, but because I want to motivate you to transform, to change yourself. How dare you live a life given by the owner of that life and you haven't yet read the booklet that he sent down to you in order to show you why he made you. You don't even know. You haven't bothered looking. You said, ah, you know what? I just heard it from so and so, so and so. My brother, you know the tax laws much better than you know the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because I am worried about my business. I mustn't be fined by the tax man. No. So how many of us are going to make an effort to look into the Quran and try and understand it cover to cover? Put up your hands. I see a lot of hands, mashallah. Let's put them down. Alhamdulillah. Let's make an effort. Wallahi, it will change your life. We're speaking of transformation. The source of transformation is the word of Allah, your maker. That's the source. That is where it will all start. That is the beginning. When you read a verse of the Quran, it affects you, it impacts you, it changes you. This is why... Take a look at Najashi. You know who's Najashi? The Negus of Abyssinia. When the Prophet, peace be upon him, sent his companions to Abyssinia. Guess what happened? That man heard a few verses of the Qur'an and he started crying. Two, three verses of the Qur'an. Take a look at Umar ibn Khattab. He came out to assassinate Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And in the way... Or on the route, on the way, he happened to divert through his sister. And there he heard a few verses of the Qur'an. And guess what happened? Transformation took place. Do you know why? He had a good heart. He was searching for goodness. He was searching for answers. He found them. Subhanallah. That was Umar ibn al-Khattab. Take a look at the companions of Muhammad sallallahu any one of them who looked at him believed in him if he had a good heart. And once he believed in him, immediately he was known as Radiyallahu anhu or Radiyallahu عنها. May Allah be pleased with him or may Allah be pleased with her. So if you say the name of any of the companions of Muhammad, what do you have to say with it? You have to say, may Allah be pleased with him, may Allah be pleased with her. Wouldn't you like it if people said your name and after your name they said may Allah have mercy on him, may Allah have mercy on her, rahmatullahi alayhi rahimahullah, may Allah have mercy on him or her or alayha, subhanallah. Well, if you have the correct heart, you will be able to pick up goodness because there were others from amongst the kuffar of Quraysh, from amongst the disbelievers who saw Muhammad sallallahu and knew him and some of them were related to him, but they never believed. Because they looked at him with the wrong eyes. They looked at him with malice. They looked at him with jealousy, with hatred, with ill feeling. That kept them away from the straight path. It kept them away from goodness, subhanallah. So if you would like to achieve goodness, you need to fight your hatred and jealousy, envy, animosity. You need to fight the bad habits, the bad qualities against others. If I have a bad feeling against my fellow believers, if I have hatred and enmity... How do I expect to be transformed? How do I expect change? I need to learn to be a member of the ummah by loving the rest of the ummah. In fact, I need to turn to humanity at large. And I need to be able to reach out to them so that they see the goodness in Islam. Islam, don't be selfish with it. It does not belong to you as a possession. No, it is an amana entrusted to you. You need to deliver the goods to the rest of humanity. So for those who think that every non-Muslim out there doesn't even deserve to live, they are so foolish because they've forgotten that somewhere up the ladder, we or our ancestors were not Muslim. And we accepted Islam because of someone, someone's effort, someone somewhere down the line tried, someone definitely spoke, someone transformed, someone changed. So today we are seated here. How many of us are ready to make an effort on others? We're not even ready to make an effort on ourselves, let alone others. Subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to make an effort on ourselves. My brothers, my sisters, how long are we going to continue swearing? How long are we going to continue making others' lives difficult, whether it's in the home or outside? How long are we going to continue sinning? When we sin, we don't appreciate what is permissible. When we engage in that which is prohibited, Allah snatches away the beauty and the essence and the sweetness from that which is permissible because we are seeking pleasure in that which is prohibited. When a man has earned a lot of wealth but he goes to gamble, the blessings from that wealth is gone and he loses his money. When a man or a woman is engaging in that which is prohibited. Say for example, illicit relationships. The blessings are snatched away from his or her life. Then we start finding difficulties that we cannot resolve in our lives. Our wealth is gone. We don't know. Why is it that all this money I had, I earned so much at the end of the month or I did such a good deal and I earned millions and where is it all gone? Well, the blessings were snatched away. This is why those who've earned one-tenth of your salary live a much more content life than you. May Allah not do that to us. Learn to turn to Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will turn towards you. In If you adopt the instruction of Allah, you get close to Allah, Allah becomes closer to you. Man atani yamshi أَتَيْتُهُ Harwala, Whoever comes close to Allah walking, Allah rushes to the person. Allah is great. Allah is forgiving. Never lose hope in the mercy of Allah. We need to change for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm not going to be here every day to remind you. And my reminders, the reminders I get, will not be every single day. But you will have different reminders. It's up to you to make an effort. If a reminder makes you feel good, Today we have something known as a recording. Video recording, audio recording. Go and listen to it. Repeat it. Repeat a lecture. Go back. Go and listen to it again. It's a dose. It's a dose of an antibiotic for example. To combat the spiritual diseases that we may have. So listen again and again. Repeat it. Be in good company. Be with those who are like-minded. And learn to respect those who are not. When I say learn to respect those who are not, remember that one day we might have been in their shoes, we might have been in their condition, we might have been in that position, maybe, maybe not. But if you are kind and good and you reach out to those, for example, just a simple example, you see a sister who's not dressed appropriately, for example, if you are arrogant and you don't greet her because she doesn't, for example, have a scarf on her head, what impression do you leave? you know what, Islam is only for people, not for me, for, for these others, it's for them. But if you greet her, make her feel part of the community, and so a day will come when she will feel in her heart, I'm also a part of this nation, this ummah, this community, this is mine, my identity. Let me do what I have to finally. May Allah make that easy for us. This is how transformation will come in others as well. But if I belittle those who might not be on the path, Where was I just a few years back? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen us all. And one of the cornerstones of transformation is when we seek forgiveness, don't let the devil entrap you once again by making you think, you know what? Okay, Allah is ghafoorun rahim He forgives. The tawbah is definitely accepted all the time, but not from me. Because I have just crossed the line. That is now... Destroying your seedlings, that's what it is The seedlings of change have come And here comes shaitan making you think that you're not good enough Making you think that Allah's mercy does not encompass you It encompasses everyone else My brothers and sisters, no matter what you have done No matter what it was Allah's mercy and forgiveness extends well beyond your sin and your crime All you need to do is to repent, to ask Allah's forgiveness, to admit your guilt, to regret it, to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness and to promise not to do it again. This is what it is. This is the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He forgives everyone who seeks forgiveness. Even those who've engaged in shirk, association of partnership with Allah. If they seek forgiveness before they die, there is hope for them. That's the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If they seek forgiveness before they die, there is hope for them. So never lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You are forgiven by Allah and Allah is the forgiver of sin. And thereafter inshallah we change our lives, we become better people, become conscious of your words. If you would like to be close to Allah, you cannot have evil words, swear words, lies, falsehood, bad things come out of your mouth. No. And you cannot have bad things come into your mouth as well. Today we are conscious about halal. We want to ask, is this halal? Is that halal? Because we are worried about what goes into our mouths. How many of us are equally worried about what comes out of our mouths? That also needs to be halal. Sometimes what comes out of our mouths is worse than pork. Worse than swine, so to speak. Worse than the flesh of a swine. swine. Allahu Akbar. It's just blurted out of your mouth. To whom? To those who are closest to you in relation. Your spouse, your children, your parents, your brothers and sisters. And guess what? Whether you like it or not, your in-laws. Allahu Akbar. Why? Learn to say good words. Learn to speak about the goodness of others. Learn to embrace. Learn to smile. Today we only greet people who we know. It's a sign of the hour. Do you know that? The Prophet ﷺ says, there will come a time when greeting will only be to those whom people know. as People will just greet those who they know. as alaykum. That's it. So there's five people I just greet you. And that's it. No. You greet those you know and those you don't know. تُسَلِّمْ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ مَنْ تَعْرِفِ You greet those you know and those you don't know. The sisters will greet the sisters whom they know and whom they don't know. How many times do we have Islamic gatherings where we have little cliques of people, each one is on their own. So when there's a revert, brother or sister, nobody pays attention because nobody knows them. Why? That's terrible, but that's happening in the ummah. How do we expect transformation when we live in little cliques? Greet at least. Who knows that greeting will really help someone to the degree that a burden on their shoulders would be lifted. Just because you told him, how are you my brother? How's things? Is everything okay? May you have a nice day. May Allah bless you. May Allah grant you ease in whatever difficulty you may be going through. And the person just looks at you, how did you know I was going through a difficulty? I don't know, but I do know that all human beings go through difficulty. And I seize this opportunity to say, May Allah bless you all. May Allah grant you all ease in whatever difficulties you are going through. Say, Amin. Amin. My brothers and sisters, it's about time we started caring for one another. We started reaching out to one another. We need to feel like an Ummah. An Ummah is a family, a nation part and parcel of the followers of Muhammad sallallahu we always say one Nabi, one Quran one Qibla, one Allah, one this one that, but we, our hearts are divided, why, what is the case going back to the hadith I started with, when the heart has a disease, the whole body has a disease when your heart is clean, your body is clean, you greet someone, you know one day in the masjid I asked the people to greet the people next to them And to get to know them. And a few days later, somebody came to me and said, My brother, Sheikh, do you know what? There's a problem. What's the problem? The problem is you needed to make an announcement to say, When you greet people for the sake of Allah, let it be for the sake of Allah. Because a brother asked me, what do you do? So I told him, I've got this business. He says, okay, I'm coming. He came to my shop. He says, you know, I'm a brother of yours. I need a 10% discount. So is that why we greeted each other in the masjid? Why is it that when you walk into a Jewish or a Christian or a non-Muslim shop, you never ever ask for a discount? You pay the price and you walk out with a smile. But when you walk into a Muslim shop, you're expecting freebies. Why is that the case? Why is it? It happens in a lot of instances. In fact, it's supposed to be the other way around. When you walk into a Muslim shop, you should be happy to be spending because this is your brother in the deen. If Allah has kept his sustenance through your spending, let it be. It's an act of worship. Subhanallah. Yes, if he comes forward and gives you a discount, brother, don't worry, I give it to you at a better rate. Don't worry, you're my brother. Then alhamdulillah. But how do you know? Some people might be struggling. And this is why a lot of Muslims have told me in other countries that we don't like to do business with other Muslims. We don't. Those are the people who don't pay their bills Because they think Oh that's Abdullah That's Abdullah, don't worry man You know, he's okay, he's fine Let me pay John's debt first You know, subhanallah Because he's a Muslim You're trampling all over him You know the days when we used to write checks I think some people still write checks, don't they? Bank certified checks And they begin to bounce Allahu Akbar Bounce, what happened? Oh it was just a fake Astaghfirullah Allahu Akbar Did you ever hear of that? It can only be a Muslim. Astaghfirullah, I hope not. But that's what I was told. It's a Muslim guy. Why? Let's transform. We don't need to be greedy. You don't need to be stingy, miserly, selfish. You need to learn selflessness. Learn to be honest and upright. You cannot afford something, don't buy it. And this is why, if you want your life to change and you want contentment, then do not live beyond your means. Don't be shy to downgrade your standard of living based on your income. Don't be shy. It doesn't mean they have an iPhone 7, so I need to have the iPhone 7. No. I don't mind having a phone that is mashallah made in China. Guess what? They work and some of, some of them work even better. Before the dual sim came out in Korea, it was already out in China. Right now they've got a phone with four sims. Subhanallah, it reminds me of that joke. Have you heard it? Yeah, some have said yeah. So inshallah you can tell those who don't know it. They say there was a guy whose wife asked him, how much do you love me? You see? How much do you love me? Okay, this is, you got to take it. It's, it's, it's on a lighter note, isn't it? MashaAllah. So the guy says, now he's caught offside because he wants to try and word it in the most romantic way and at the same time, he doesn't want to lie. That's tough. He says, oh, you know, my life. Wow. I love you so much. I love you so much. You know, you are so important in my life. You know, I'm like the phone and you're like my sim. You know, I cannot do without you. Subhanallah. My sim, imagine a sim without a phone. Oh, she was so delighted. Oh, darling. Oh, darling. Wow, mashallah. So excited. And then he goes back and tells his friends, "Do you know, this is what happened today. But she doesn't realize I've got a phone with four sims. Mashallah. (laughs) Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Dual sim. Mashallah. May Allah forgive us. Is that the attitude? That should not be the attitude. Anyway, that was just a joke, subhanAllah. That was just something on a lighter note. Because this is the way sometimes we treat one another. We lie, we deceive. If you want to be a happy person, live according to your means, be happy. Say words of romance to the people whom you need to say them to. With us, the problem is we say the sweetest words. Our wives will be shocked that we can actually say those words. But she's just caught it on the phone, you said it to someone else. I promise you, some of us are the most romantic people that can be living, but with the wrong people. Your wife won't believe you bought a rose. Guess what? It wasn't for her. That's why she can't believe it. (laughs) Allahu Akbar. Why? This is shaitan making us lose the sweetness of that which is really sweet for us in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You lose all sweetness. Why? You're now heading in the wrong direction. Like I said, if you want to achieve pleasure through that which is prohibited, Allah takes away the sweetness from that which is permissible. Because you don't have any intention of coming back to Allah. Number one, repent and turn. And if a few hearts have to be broken for as long as you are building other hearts, it's fine. Allahu Akbar. Did you hear what I just said? If you have an illicit relationship, haram, totally banned, adulterous, and so on, and you are not quitting it because you think you're going to break someone's heart, you need to know that the hearts of those who mean much more are already broken, subhanallah. You need to mend those, build them. You need to know that when it comes to the link with Allah, it comes first. That will heal. The people will move on. If you allow them to move on, subhanAllah. But you will never move on if you clutch to the sins that you've been committing with the excuses that the devil puts in your minds. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. Be honest and upright. Don't make false promises to people. No, don't. Don't promise people. So many people, and this has just come to my mind because we're talking of marriage. Promise others that they will marry them And when push comes to shove, they walk away. Have you seen that? Why did you promise? Why didn't you just be open from day one? Just be honest. Just be honest from day one. Be an upright mu'min. You will have a lot of contentment. Allah will bless you in so many ways. Trust me, the amount of happiness you achieve by sticking to that which Allah has ordained and made permissible and beautiful and correct, and upright and pure and clean is so great that it is incomparable. You cannot compare it to anything else. That is Allah. And the amount of stress and anxiety that sin comes with is so much that it is not worth it at all. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us transformation. May He make us from those who take lesson. We don't need to wait until we are struggling and suffering before we turn. Are you waiting to lose your eyesight before you become a good person? Are you waiting to suffer a huge car accident and break your limbs and be slightly paralyzed this way or that way before you turn to Allah? Subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah grant cure to those whom that has happened to. But a wise man is he who learns by what Allah has revealed and Allah has said. May Allah make it easy for us. My brothers and sisters, tomorrow inshallah, we will be gathering here again. In order to continue. And I have something very important to say. And I will keep it in store for you tomorrow. By the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If Allah gives us the opportunity, we will come back here. And we will speak about it. As for this evening, we've heard quite a bit. I hope that the few words we've heard have motivated us to begin this transformation. The change towards Allah, becoming closer to Allah. Islam is a beautiful religion. It allows you to enjoy life within the limits of Allah. Imagine if the religion was such that we were told you're not allowed to enjoy anything. That's it. You have to remain in the synagogue or in the masjid or in the place of worship all your life. That's the only time you're going to get paradise. Imagine if that was the instruction. What would we have done? But the instruction is, go out, enjoy, eat, go and buy, go and work, go and earn. But spend in a correct way, be polite, be people who are upright and have clean fun. You don't need to have dirty fun because that's not fun. Let it be clean, let it be beautiful. Enjoy yourself, don't be extravagant. Go out. And perhaps go for a picnic, go to the ocean, go and enjoy, whatever it is, subhanallah. Go for a boat ride, canoe, jet ski, whatever it is. You might want to join me for a skydive the next time. Subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to understand that He has given us a lot of room, a lot of room, to do so many things that would make us happy, that we would enjoy in this world, and at the same time, earn paradise. And this is why, to spend time with your family, is a good deed. You can actually earn paradise through that. To fulfill the obligations of your home, you can earn paradise through that. It's an an act that is full of reward. May Allah help us. Imagine, and I want to end with this, If it is a reward to smile at the face of a person you don't even know, what do you think the reward is to smile at your own wife or husband? MashaAllah. Did you hear that? But when we go home, that's it. Frowning all day. That's it. No smile. Show your teeth. Even if one or two are missing, like I say. Subhanallah. The most genuine smile is the smile where the person has no teeth to show. It's genuine because as embarrassed as they might feel, they broke into the smile. Subhanallah. And you see no teeth. You got to hug them. MashaAllah. Wow. Subhanallah. It's a genuine smile, isn't it? It is an ibadah. It is an act of worship. Remember that. So what's the point of going around the dunya and smiling at everybody? And when you come home, that's it. Frowning once again. No. Let's inshallah show the transformation today in our homes. We'd like to see this change. And don't say, Oh, I've had a big problem. You don't know my house. It can't happen. Forget about everything. Please throw it out. Change your life today. Learn to forgive and forget. Learn to forgive and forget. Put it behind you. Turn a new leaf. Start afresh today. Ask Allah's forgiveness and open the doors. Develop a link with Allah and open the doors even in your own home. Have a brilliant house where when you are there, the house is lit up, beautiful. When you're not there, people miss you. They actually miss you so desperately that they sometimes begin to cry because you're not there. Allahu Akbar. What a home would that be? And as soon as you come, everyone's busy smiling, you know, running, rushing towards you, and so on. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. May Allah open our doors. I've spoken for my hour, and I thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this opportunity to be speaking at this Ram John Stadium in Trinidad. Am I saying it wrong? Everyone's laughing? It's wrong. Oh, Ram is alcohol. Well, at least they didn't say Ram Muhammad, but or Ram Abdullah, It's John, Inshallah. I saw how it was spelled J H O N. You know, so the Muslims don't drink. You know that. Alhamdulillah. Is it John? It's John. I saw. I really. I, I looked at how it was spelled. Habibi. Yeah, J H O N. Exactly. Am I right? Oh, J-O-H-N. Okay, yeah. It's still, a, sorry, yeah. Oh, I see. Make it easy. Let's hope we are feeling a bit revived. Uh, obviously, you know, normally when I speak, I like to add a little bit of human flavor because we're human beings. You need to speak like a human being, not like I'm coming here to just address you in order to pretend like I'm the big boss here, telling you what to do. No, I need to do the same. So we're just sharing ideas here. That's what we're doing. And we're just trying to live a life that inshallah will be in the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Brothers and sisters, it was such a brilliant idea to have this talk in the stadium. Do you know why? This is the closest that people are actually to me. So close, you know, close range. I can actually see the color of your eyes, mashallah. I hope it's not just uh, colored contact lenses. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us and grant us ease. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Subhanallah, bihamdihi, subhanaka wa bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastağfiruka wa natubuinik.